Did you guys know that by becoming a subscriber of The Suzanne Venker Show, you get bonus episodes regarding things like stories about my own marriage, answers to questions about other people's marriages and relationships, and commentary on current events that undermine marriage and the family. You also get free eBooks, early releases of each episode, and a 100% free digital copy of my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched. Whew, with all that, who wouldn't want to become a subscriber? It's not even expensive. There are three very economical levels from which to choose. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com forward slash podcast and click on the become a subscriber button. That's SuzanneBanker.com forward slash podcast. And now on with the show. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So today I'm going to talk about the psychology of money and its role in our romantic relationships. And the reason I thought of this particular title, The Psychology of Money, is because I just listened to a podcast episode of The Art of Manliness. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. That's another one that I listen to pretty regularly. And it's entitled, it was entitled, Do You Want to Be Rich or Wealthy? And he interviewed an author who wrote a book called The Psychology of Money. It looks like it's a bestseller. It was written in 2020. You can look it up on Amazon if you'd like. The author's name is Morgan Housel, H-O-U-S-E-L. And the marketing text basically opens with the fact that, quote, doing well with money isn't necessarily about what you know. It's about how you behave. And behavior is hard to teach, even to really smart people. (laughs) So I highly recommend, actually, this podcast episode on the art of manliness with this author, Morgan Housel, because um, it was totally engaging. The fastest hour I've ever spent. And he's, he's a great, he's a great um, orator, I should say, or uh, he just explained his book really well in a very short period of time. And he referenced another finance guy called, whose name is Tim Maurer, M-A-U-R-E-R, who says, personal finance is much more personal than it is finance. And he also said that experiences shape our beliefs about money, which is really super key, super key in understanding the whole, um, just everything about your money behavior and thoughts. Um, and I want to get into this about when you're married because, and in your relationships, which he doesn't do in this episode, or I don't know if he does in his book or not. I haven't read it yet, but in this podcast episode, this author, um, of the book, The Psychology of Money, um, did not talk about relationships, but I'm going to do that. So let me first just sort of recap what he, what his, what his, what that podcast episode was, was touching upon. Um, and, and that's, well, basically what I just said, that there is, that's basically behavior as to, that determines whether or not you'll be successful with money. And he juxtaposed at the beginning of that episode, a guy who's just like a regular Joe. I think he was maybe even a trash man. I'm not sure if that's the right um, 
profession or not, but anyway, who had amassed a $7 million fortune by the end of his career. And people were shocked because of course you would never have known this because he didn't live that way and because of what he did for a living and so on and so forth. And then he compared that to this big wig who, you know, had all the appropriate titles and went to an Ivy league school and was a finance guy and had all kinds of fun things and toys and people assumed were also was also wealthy, but in fact, he ended up filing bankruptcy. So his, he was fascinated by that, about human behavior, about how, you know, there's a big difference between being rich and being wealthy. And he defined the rich way as being, you know, when you're surrounded by things, that means you're kind of rich, so to speak, because you have money, but you've spent it on things, but you haven't amassed wealth. So if you're wealthy, you are very likely not um, spending on things, but you're amassing great wealth. And this was actually, um, he. Did, I mean, this is not really new news. Uh, there was a great book called The Millionaire Next Door that I remember my mother reading when I was in high school, I think. And that was the gist of that as well. He used to point to people like Sam Walton who drove around in a pickup truck like, you know, years after he had made his fortune or whatever. And that's really, you know, and, and he said in that book, um, Stanley Danko, I think is one, I can't remember the other guy's name that um, money isn't what you, or wealth isn't what you earn, it's what you accumulate. So you can have a large salary and blow it all to smithereens, or you can, you can have a small salary and you can become very wealthy. So there's so much just misinformation about wealth and about money and about how you accrue it and about who's capable of doing it. And hint, hint, anybody is, because it's about behavior. It's not about what you, where you come from or what kind of job you have or um, whether you're smart or not. That's, that's just not how it works. So anyway, that's what this was about. And um, I was thinking about this idea that your that our experiences shape our beliefs about money and that that's so much about what I'm seeing in my coaching with, with people who are having money troubles in their marriage which is basically all of them because <laughs> that's why they're having troubles in their marriage because they're intricately uh, linked. And I was thinking about my own um, upbringing and how unique it was. I think I've talked about my mom before and her issues with money. I'm not sure whether, I think I did. She grew up in the depression and was what you call an underspender. And she, she had problems literally spending money. Like her problems were really more mental <laughs> for sure. Um, it was pretty bad. Um, she just could never get out of that depression era mentality. And she carried that with her throughout life. Now it, it, it benefited her because she would be one of those people. They my, both my parents were those people who, um, you know, were investors and savers, not spenders. So there wasn't a lot of things that, um, that they were spending money on, but there were investments and whatnot. So, and she was the one who was reading that book. And I remember being impressed by that growing up because I learned way back then that there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. Um, and it really colors your view of everything. I mean, how you, if, you know, if you are surrounded by or grow up, um, well, there's so, there's so many different ways you can grow up when it comes to money. You can, you can be told that, you know, nobody ever gets ahead and we're just downtrodden and this is the best we can do. You can have that kind of mentality or you can have, the mentality of the sky is the limit, the world's your oyster, you can make of it what you wish. Um, you can grow up with parents who like being rich as opposed to wealthy and parents who like being wealthy as opposed to rich. 
Um, you can grow up with people who live very simply and very happily and don't complain about the fact that they don't have more because they're very content. I mean, there's just all these different experiences that you have growing up and you're bringing those with you to your marriage. So in my particular case, for example, my father was a CPA um, and my mother was a stockbroker. And I, I realized, you know, it's been almost really just more in the last 10 years that I've thought so much about this and how unusual that was. I mean, I knew it was unusual at the time, but I didn't think about it with respect to what I learned about money and what I gleaned in my own experiences, having had that advantage of these two parents, both of whom had MBAs and were really, really knowledgeable and um, smart, really, about about money. And so there were other issues with it, but, um, but that, that was in place. And so there were things that I learned, um, living below your means, investing really well, being patient, paying cash, um, not, uh, have using credit cards. They did use charge cards. There was a difference between, I think you thought, I mean, ugh, I think the difference is that a charge card was like, you meant to charge it and then you paid off at the end of the month faithfully versus a credit card where you have running credit. So they did use charge cards, but that's it. Um, and they regularly used cash. That was a huge thing that I saw. Uh, it was cash. Um, so anyway, that, that's me. That's my story. But everybody's got a different one. And what happens is, of course, when you get married is that you're very likely about to join finances and your life with somebody who has very different experiences regarding money. And you're bringing that to the table. No doubt. Um, and that's where conflicts potentially arise because first of all, you have to both have the same goal ideally about not only where you're going, but then also how you're going to get there. And if you're more experienced, if you're more interested in the rich part or the wealth part. So that's, that's one thing. Um, and these are the, these are the things that I'm bumping into in, in coaching because people aren't on the same page at all. And then how they think about it and how they spend differs. So it's really about getting into the nitty gritty of, of all of that. Um, but one of the things that was really interesting in this, again, in this podcast, I've talked about this a lot is this idea of expectations. So the median household today, the median household income, sorry, today is twice what it was 30 years ago after adjusting for inflation. The median household income today is twice what it was 30 years ago, even after adjusting for inflation. But our expectations have grown exponentially more than our incomes have. So what's happening is our wallets aren't catching up with our, our wants and desires and expectations. And this is where you end up with this feeling of like you're always, you know, there's never enough or... um you know, the, there's a, there's disappointment because the, the, the big gap between uh, expectations and reality is, is disappointment. And if you've got them, the expectations too high and reality is way down here, then you're, um, you're, you're invariably going to have disappointments. Whereas if your expectations are not inflated, if you continue with those um, principles, if you will, about money, living below your means, investing well, being patient, paying cash, things like that. If you're still doing that and your income is rising, you're still going to build wealth and, and get where you want to go. But if, you're in, if your expectations are, are out producing your 
I'm not sure if that's the right word. If your expectations are just beyond what you're producing, even if you're producing twice as much as you were 10 years ago, you're never going to catch up. So if you don't, you have to stop moving the goalpost in order to reach your goals financially. Um, And so where, okay, so where this, where this comes into play with relationships, what kind of experiences are you bringing to the table? Number one, how do you think about money and what, and what is your ultimate goal? When these things don't match, that's where marital problems, where money problems become huge in marriages. Now there's, there's more, I'm just talking about the money out of this. There's more to this equation. There's trust and control and, you know, all other kinds of things going on in marriages, but I'm just talking about the finances right now, um, with, with respect to how you think about money. And you will find that people who, even if they are like one person's a saver and one person's a spender, or one person likes experiences and the other person likes things, whatever it may be, if you still agree to having the same goal and knowing your why and and where you're going, it's, you can still work that out. You don't have to be the same person to be successful with money in a marriage. You just have to agree on where you're going and agree on how you're going to get there. That's, that's really, and then compromise. That's a huge piece of it. And, and that's where so many couples struggle because they're really living more parallel lives. They're like roommates trying to do their own thing. And that's why they're not getting anywhere. Um, Another big piece that big piece to this whole puzzle about money, um, the psychology of money that again, this, this gentleman didn't get into in this podcast, but I'm going to get into it now is sex differences. Um, men and women or husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, let's say, do not view their respective incomes the same way. So this is another aspect of the psychology, not so much of money maybe, but of male and female nature and how it relates to to money. And that is that, and I've said this before, and I'll say it a thousand times before this podcast ever ends, whenever that may be, men are providers and protectors by nature. That's who they are. That's what they do. It doesn't matter what year it is. They long and need to do that. They do not feel whole if they are not doing that. doesn't mean you as a woman can't do that too, but they have to be doing it and ideally doing it at a greater level. Putting that aside, however, the reality is everybody kind of knows from experience, at least, that there's a difference between a wife and a husband's earnings. You've probably heard that phrase, what's yours is ours, but what's mine is mine, which is like psychologically really destructive to a marriage. And we make fun of it and think it's kind of cute and funny. And there is some legitimacy to it in that you will find that husbands really are not comfortable spending money that their wives have earned. Um, Now, that doesn't mean they won't. And it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Uh, It does for sure, especially with so many women working today, but they feel differently about the earnings that they're bringing to the table from yours because they 
as a rule, feel um, that their money, their income is for you. It's to provide for their wives. A wife does not typically work to provide for her husband. That's not what the impetus for her working. It's much more about autonomy, much more about extra spending money, not to provide the basics and the, and the bare bones living, which is what uh, he, he wants to do and she wants him to do. And so you're not, this is important. This is the psychology of how your respective incomes, even though it's going into one pot will matter. Um, because while you might be living on both of it, it's, you, you need to understand that at the end of the day, he's much more um, in, um, interested in, <laughs> let's put it that way, spending his own income than he is his wife's income. It's just not a comfort level for him, even though, like I said, he'll do it. Um, and, and you'll find many men today of the younger set um, feeling like, talking differently about it and thinking that they, you know, that it is quote unquote equal, but really it isn't. It's, and it causes problems. I see it every week. Um, so this psychology piece, you know, there's, it's like, it's like, there's two aspects of it. There's how you approach money itself and why you do and what your behaviors are, what you've learned and what your values are and what's important to you and where you're going and all of that and meshing that with your spouse and then there's the psychology of male and female nature, nature and earnings and how that plays into the bigger picture. And you really, if you're talking about marriages and relationships, you really cannot separate those two. Like I said, this, this original, um, this podcast that I listened to wasn't about relationships, but I'm, I'm saying there, there's two pieces of that for, for what I do and um, what I help people with. And so um, at the end of the day, understanding ourselves knowing who we are. And that is what's going to help, you know, um, understand your money behaviors better, how we interact, why we interact with money the way we do, um, is, is, is so much more significant than the numbers themselves and having, you know, the mindset of success, um, and moving forward versus not having that mindset. It's the mindset and the attitude and the behaviors, not how much education do you have? Um, you know, wh what kind of leg up were you given? Um, you know, even your background while your experiences, um, are, are, are instructive in helping you understand why you are the way you are. You're not, you're not, um, beholden to them. You can move out of that into a different, into a different, uh, space than your parents did for sure. So it's really, that's really the, the crux of it is that the common denominator or the golden rule of finance, as was pointed out in this, in this podcast was that this living below your means and being patient and these kind of old school ways of viewing um, money as compared to today's, you know, spending, spending more, more is, is really the common denominator of what, what allows people to be successful with money versus not. So that was the gist of it. Again, it was called the psychology, the book is called the psychology of money. Um, you can find the author Morgan Housel, H O U S E L, um, talking about it on the art of manliness podcast. And, um, I, you know, really recommend it. It was just a, just a great episode. 
Okay, guys, that's all for today. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker Show. Before you leave us, I'd appreciate it if you'd take one minute to give us a review at Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use. If you've done that already, or if you can't leave a review on your podcast player for some reason, please consider sharing the show with a friend or a family member. Word of mouth is the primary way we get the word out about The Suzanne Banker Show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.